Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Well, boys and girls, it's official. The U.S. men's national team will be heading to Qatar for the 2022 World Cup. And to make it even more official, a bunch of old wealthy men gathered in Qatar to pick ping pong balls out of fish tanks with very dramatic music playing in the background. So now we know the U.S. men's national team will be facing off against England. Iran and the European playoff that's either Ukraine or Wales or I think I forget the other team so one of those so we know who will who the U.S. men's national team will be facing now what players will the U.S. men's national team be bringing to Qatar now that's a question that's really interesting now we have been tracking who we think Greg Berhalter is going to bring to Qatar for the last Oh, several months now. We put together a expected 23 in February and then another one in November. And now we're putting out another one now that World Cup qualifying is over. So we can see who we think is going to be on Greg's list right now. And we can see how the roster has grown over time and especially who we thought it would be before World Cup qualifying, kind of who it was during World Cup qualifying. And now that World Cup qualifying is over, we can see who we think the 23 is. Of course, we've got another eight months to go, so there's bound to be some shifts. Now, before we start, remember, this is the expected Greg Berhalter 23. This is not some projection of what we think might happen uh, between now and the World Cup. This is if Greg's picking his list right now, who are the 23 names he's going to pick? We'll get to all that more on this episode of the Yank Report. What's up, guys? My name is Sam, and this is the Yank Report. We talk about the U.S. men's national team. And if you want to support the channel, hit the like button. Happy April Fool's Day, guys. Now, we're going to get into the goalkeepers, but before we do, we're going to hear from today's sponsor. Football might be over, but MLS is coming back and Champions League and European soccer are in full swing. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play all your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, as for the keepers, we had the same three in February and November. It was Matt Turner, Zach Steffen, and Sean Johnson. Now, today, we switched it up a little bit. We've dropped Sean Johnson, and we've added Ethan Horvath. Ethan Horvath was the keeper uh, who showed out very well for the U.S. in Nations League, but uh, he has struggled to get a starting spot for his club team. Recently, he's got a starting spot. Uh, that led to him being a part of the last round of World Cup qualifiers. If he continues to get those starts, he should be on the plane heading to Qatar. Now, the interesting question with the keepers is going to be uh, that battle for the number one spot. Uh, I, I think Zach Steffen had a rather unconvincing final World Cup window, uh, and Matt Turner has been a tremendous shot stopper every time he's been involved with the national team. So that debate is going to continue to rage on as we head towards Qatar. Moving on to the center backs, and we've had a tremendous amount of movement at this at this position group since February. I think it's been the the most movement we've had. Back in February, whenever all this started, we had John Brooks, Matt Miazga, Aaron Long, and Mark McKenzie. Moving into November, we had John Brooks, Chris Richards, Miles Robertson, and Walker Zimmerman. 
Today, if Greg Berhalter's picking 23 right now, I think the four center backs he's going to go with are Walker Zimmerman, Miles Robinson, Chris Richards, and Aaron Long. Now, the big news throughout World Cup qualifying has been about John Brooks, whether or not the veteran center back is going to be in Greg's plans. Greg has said that the door is still open and he thinks that John Brooks is going to be a part of Nations League and maybe that uh, that serves as a jumping off point for, for John working his way back into the lineup. Uh, I think one of the big surprises throughout World Cup qualifying has been the stellar play of Miles Robinson and Walker Zimmerman. Now they've had some mistakes and they've had some recent mistakes, but I think overall throughout World Cup qualifying, they were a very dynamic pair. Uh, Chris Richards was coming along nicely prior to his injury. I, th- I still believe Aaron Long is the dark, ho- dark horse here. I think that um, his the, his physicality, his attributes are very similar to what Miles Robinson brings to the team. I think that Greg Berhalter really likes his play. I think he really likes the way that Aaron Long fits into the system, fits into the way that he wants his center backs to play, and I think he's a, a leader in the locker room, and I think Greg really appreciates that. Uh, so I do think Aaron Long has that fourth center back spot locked down right now, but of course, I mean, if anything has been been true of the U.S. men's national team over the past year. It's been that that center back position, man. Anything can happen. Moving on to the right backs and Back in February, I had DeAndre Yedlin and Serginho Dest. I thought DeAndre Yedlin's leadership was going to be a big part of uh, World Cup qualifying. In November, it became uh, Reggie Cannon and Serginho Dest. And today, based on what Greg's been doing lately, uh, it is Serginho Dest Reggie Cannon, and DeAndre Yedlin. In the last two World Cup qualifier windows, Greg has brought three right backs uh, and one left back, and and he feels like those right backs have the uh, ability to play and cover in that left back position. I think one of the big question marks, of course, is going to be Joe Scally. He's the guy that myself and and many other people are are questioning, when is Joe going to get his opportunity with the squad How does he fit in? Is he going to be able to contribute something to this group? We know that Joe can play uh, at right back. We know that he can slot in at left back as well. So it seems like uh, he would be a fantastic option for this group. Uh, It's just a matter of Greg Berhalter giving him that call, giving him the opportunity to show what he can do in in some of the lead-up games as we head to Qatar. I still think Scally can be a part of this mix, but I feel like if Greg's going to pick it right now, he's going to go with those three right backs that he's been calling up throughout World Cup qualifying, or at least the last few windows of World Cup qualifying. Now, at left back in February, I had Anthony Robinson and Sam Vines. In November, I had Anthony Robinson and Joe Scally. Today, it's just Anthony Robinson. Anthony Robinson's been the only left back Greg has called up recently, uh, save for this last window where he needed an emergency call and he brought in George Bellow, but George Bellow didn't play any minutes. It, it doesn't look like Greg trusts uh, Sam Vines or George Bellow at this moment in time to play left back for the national team. If he did, I'm sure George Bellow would have gotten minutes in the last window, uh, but Bellow didn't, so I think that says a lot about where Greg sees the left back position. Uh, I don't know if I want uh, Anthony Robinson Robinson to be the only reliable left back heading into the World Cup. I'd love for another option to emerge. I think Joe Scally kind of leads in that category as far as a player who can cover at that left back spot. But there's also some young guys out there in Europe who could potentially have a big uh, second half of the season and rocket their way up there. I mean, Bellows on that list, but so is Jonathan Gomez and so is Kevin Paredes. I mean, these are both players uh, that had some flashes of brilliance and, and are players with huge upsides. It's just a matter of whether or not they can come in by the time, but within this eight months between now and the World Cup, 
uh, if they can put themselves on this roster and earn Greg Berhalter's trust. At the defensive midfield position, and this is going to bring back some memories, way back in February, we had Jackson Yule. Yes, Jackson Yule and Tyler Adams as the defensive midfielders. In November, that shifted to Kellen Acosta and Tyler Adams, and today it remains Kellen Acosta and Tyler Adams. I think we've seen throughout World Cup qualifying that Greg Berhalter believes in Kellen Acosta. Uh, he likes what he brings to the group. Uh, he, he can cover at that six, and for whatever reason, Greg still likes putting him at that eight position here and there. I, I do think Kellen offers something in that eight position in games where we are under siege. Uh, I think he played pretty well against Mexico and showed those capabilities. The, the, the weakness of Kellen Acosta at the eight is whenever uh, the U.S. has the ball uh, and, and they're trying to break teams down. That's just not a very uh, positive attribute as far as his game. But I do think right now Kellen Acosta is that that second number six, and I really don't see any other options emerging for the U.S. Uh, between now and Qatar. Uh, but eight months is a long time in new U.S. men's national team time years, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so something could happen, but at the moment, I think it's Kellen Acosta's spot. Now we move to the center mids, and this has been a very interesting position for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, way back in February, we had Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, Jean-Luc Abusio, and Sebastian Legette. And today, we have moved to Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, Luca Della Torre, and Jean-Luc Abusio. Uh, I, I think Luca Della Torre has, has been a player that has shined uh, in the last two windows with the U.S. Men's National Team. He's been very much a breath of fresh air and offers something to the squad that prior we absolutely did not have. Uh, the, the question now, I think, is who is going to be that fourth eight? And that's something that we've been wrestling with for a long time. At the moment, I think Jean-Luc Abusio is that guy, but I don't think that he has a solid hold on that position. And I, I wonder, you know, I, I look around the pool uh, I see Paxton Pomacall, who's playing a very similar position uh, over at FC Dallas, uh, and, and he's playing in, in a very similar system over at FC Dallas, and he's doing it very well. And I wonder if he should get a call up, get a look. Maybe this is Timothy Tillman's opportunity to get into the U.S. men's national team. Maybe it is shifting Gio Reyna to that eight spot and then bringing in an additional winger. I'm not sure, but I can tell you right now, I, I'm not very confident in Jean-Luc Abusio uh, as far as fitting into this system and doing what Greg Berhalter's asking him to do. I, I think he just doesn't really, he's not really that kind of player at this point in his career. Uh, so that, that fourth number eight spot is going to be one that's really interesting as we head into Qatar. Now, the Wingers has been probably the strongest and most consistent group of this U.S. men's national team. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of injuries at this position, uh, but at the same time, we are crossing our fingers and hoping that uh, we're going to get our, our best our best 23 available and healthy heading into Qatar. With that in mind, uh, back in February, we had Christian Pulisic, Tim Weah, Gio Reyna, and Jordan Morris. Now, that moved in November to Pulisic, Weah, Reyna, and Aronson, and today we still have Pulisic, Wea, Reyna, and Aronson. I think we've seen throughout World Cup qualifying, all four of these players have come up pretty big uh, for the U.S. men's national team. And, and all four of these players seem to be getting better at the club level. Uh, and I'm really excited to see what they can do once we get into the World Cup. I, I know there's been a lot of best 11s floating around trying to get all of Pulisic, Wea and Reyna on the field at the same time, but I, I firmly believe that in order to progress in a World Cup, you need a lot of rotation, you need a lot of depth. It's not just about having the best 11. So I think that all four of these guys, if given the opportunity, if healthy, are going to contribute massively to the U.S. Uh, in their hopes to uh, pursue one of the best World Cups the U.S. has ever had. Now at the forward position, the position that it just always seems to be the most tumultuous position in all of U.S. men's national teamdom, 
Uh, way back in February, we had Josh Sargent and Giassi Zardis. In November, we moved to Ricardo Pepe and Josh Sargent. And today, we have Jesus Ferreira and Ricardo Pepe. I think Ferreira and Pepe have emerged as probably the two strongest candidates for the striker position out of World Cup qualifying. We know that right now Ricardo Pepe is is in a, a bit of a cold streak. Uh, hopefully between now and the World Cup, he'll be able to bounce back. I think we saw even in that last window, even though Pepe is a bit out of form, he still has the ability to hold up. He still has the ability to uh, find really nice passes and, and, and get into scoring positions. Uh, so I, I still like a lot of what I see from Ricardo Pepe, and I still think he can be a great player. I think Jesus Ferreira is the one that's really emerged as as a player that I wasn't expecting to contribute as much as he has, but a player that's grown a lot and a player that works really well in this offense. He seems to be our most goal-dangerous forward. He seems to be our, our best forward in possession and can just contribute a whole lot of intelligent runs and intelligent playmaking. And, and just when he's on the field with some of our better playmakers, the ball just seems to zip around that much faster. Now, to be fair to the rest of the striker pool, Jesus Ferreira has had uh, one of the easiest roads as far as World Cup qualifying. I mean, he played against Honduras. He played against El Salvador. He played against Panama. Um, these were games where the U.S. was was the overwhelming favorite and kind of ran over the opposition. We'll see if Jesus can continue that trend against better opposition. But as far as right now, I think that Jesus and Pepe are the ones that are able to punch their ticket to uh, to Qatar. So that's my 23 right now. I, I mean, it must be said that we have no idea if FIFA is going to hold the national teams to 23 players. It might be an expanded roster, as we've seen throughout World Cup qualifying. Uh, so we don't know in that regard. But as far as this list, I think it's really interesting to see uh, what players have come into the fold and what players have left the fold. Uh, I, I think we see players like uh, Jackson Yule and Sebastian Legette, who were big contributors to this national team just a year ago, who have all but been dropped and, and, and better players have emerged. Uh, same can be said potentially for Giassi's artists. We see the struggles of Josh Sargent and how he's kind of fallen out of favor with this national team. And of course, John Brooks, one of the big uh, question marks uh, hanging over this national team moving forward. Will he be in the group? Will he, will he not be in the group? It seems to be a question that is getting of lesser importance with the emergence of of uh, Walker Zimmerman and Miles Robinson. Uh, they've been absolutely tremendous, and I think they fit really well in what this team is trying to do in the profile for that position that Greg Berhalter wants to have. But it's still an interesting question moving forward. How does John Brooks get back into this team? Will he get back into this team? Is he a starter? Is he willing to come off the bench? Uh, it, it's th These are the questions that we're going to have moving forward. Now, the question marks I think that we have moving forward are the question marks that we've had for a long time. I think that backup left back is, is, is a big question. Uh, who's going to be the fourth number eight is a big question. And in that striker position... Are we going to have a solidified number one striker, a number one, number nine? Are we going to go in with a striker on a hot streak? Is 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 Pepe and Ferreira going to be the two guys that represent us in guitar? Is Josh Sargent going to be able to work his way back in? Maybe Matthew Hoppy just starts playing out of his mind uh, over in uh, La Liga there. Or maybe it's a dark horse like Falaren Balogun that, that kind of jumps into the mix and, and gets an opportunity to uh, represent the U.S. And then I think the biggest question mark affecting the starting 11 is going to be who's going to be that number one keeper. I think that debate has been reopened and, and that's going to rage on uh, heading into the World Cup. It's going to be really interesting to see if Matt Turner can continue his form for the rest of the MLS season. And once he moves to Arsenal, how that kind of 
affects things. Are we going to have two keepers who are not getting regular playing time for their club? Uh, does that affect his form? Is he going to be a little bit more shaky? Uh, on the flip side, Zach Steffen, is he going to be able to clean up these moments where he just seems to have a, a really sloppy play in every every game that he has for the U.S. Men's National Team and Manchester City, for that matter. Uh, so the keeper discussion is just going to continue to rage on, uh, and, and that's going to be a really interesting to, one to look at moving forward. So that's my 23. I'm curious what you guys think. Do you think I'm underrating or overrating anybody? Let me know in the comment section. Who do you think ultimately makes that 23? Uh, what do you think ends up happening with, with, with the keeper position with John Brooks? And are you happy and excited with kind of the growth of this of this pool moving forward? I feel like this 23 is a lot stronger than the 23 uh, back in February. I, I feel like quality just keeps coming into this side and it's getting more and more difficult to make that starting lineup. Uh, man, I mean, just the, the brief the brief moments that we had with uh, Gio Reyna on the squad just reminds us how much quality he has. And he's just a player that it's going to be impossible not to start him. And what does that mean for Tim Weah? Uh, it's it's a good problem to have, but it's going to be interesting to see how Greg Berhalter works all these things out. So thank you for watching. If you want these videos in podcast form, the Yank Report podcast is available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you are so linguistically inclined, dime un comentario en español. Uh, the comments in Spanish really help with my reading, man. I, I don't always respond to all of them, but it really does help, and I appreciate everybody who leaves the comments in Spanish. If you really want to support the channel, you can become a member, get access to some cool badges, and you get the videos for everything everybody else you get to see the uh the members only videos shout out to my tier two members manuel alivetes mike irish chris matassa and matt doyle and shout out to my tier three member matthew hana guys thank you so much for watching i appreciate all the views during this last window it's been epic uh make sure you hit the subscribe button hit the like button if you haven't already my name is sam and this is the yank report brought to you by bet online Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.